Before we start, this episode of Gayish features graphic discussion and even jokes about rape, rape culture, and consent. If that's something you'd prefer not to hear, or if there's any possibility it will be a trigger for you in any way, we suggest you please skip this episode. If you or anyone you love has been the victim of sexual assault, please call the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline at 800-656-HOPE. That's 800-656-4673. And now, enjoy Gayish. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that wants to love you warts and all, but it'll probably wait for the penicillin to kick in just to be safe. <laughs> Does that work on warts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. It does not. <laughs> we haven't done our episode about STDs yet, so I don't know. <laughs> I just know I got a penicillin shot in the ass and it hurt like a motherfucker. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And I wish I could tell you that that was a joke, but it's facts. Hey, it's not the first time you've been shot in the ass. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to talk about an actually very serious topic. We're going to talk about consent and we're going to talk about a variety of things, including rape, rape statistics, uh, especially as it relates to men. Uh, but then also kind of like a broader definition, our own experiences of what consent means and how it can feel, even if it's not technically rape. So we'll, we'll be sharing some of our own experiences later. Yeah. But first, I'm super nervous about it. But okay, I, yeah, same Z's. So let's first, start with more fun things, like whatever you're about to say. Kyle, guess what? What? We have a hotline. We have a hotline. I know. I'm so excited about it. We do have a hotline, and um, uh, so we can now accept voicemails and text messages from y'all. Yep. But please text us. Leave us a voicemail, even just about how your day is going oh. um but it, it is uh five eight five five gayish so that's five eight five five four two nine four seven four and the lawyers say that i'm supposed to say standard rates apply oh good thinking i would not have thought to look up anything yeah, about who doesn't have unlimited text messages these days when like, people are like data rates may apply i'm like i know i watch so much porn you don't think i have an unlimited right. data plan right um and I feel like a lot of people that we've talked to have been like, I listen to your podcast and I want to text both of you or I want to like scream at you. So do it. So now you can, you have a place to do it and it'll, <laughs> we uh, are going to read some text messages that we get. We are going to potentially air some voicemails. Um, so the idea is, you know, it could be something you hated that we said, something you disagree with something we fucked up because there's probably a lot of that that we didn't catch um or just your thoughts and feelings i'm so excited i'm so excited too i want i want hate texts oh they feel good at first and then bad after a while just like our podcast are you hey is is it time to talk about rape (laughs) mike what do you consent to begin our conversation about consent Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, not good enough. You need a yes or a I no. Need a, yeah, I need a yes, just to make sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. What are the odds? Give me like a, a percentage odds that we offend someone somewhere in this conversation. I hope every episode that that is at least 15%. I'm going to go, I'm going to say 80% chance we offend someone. Really? Yeah. How come? Because like there's, 
even with the best intent intentions, talking about consent and rape will probably offend someone. So I think a lot of topics that I start researching, I start with the statistics. Yeah. And that's just my personality. Like, you know, I want to know the data behind this. How often does this happen? Sure. Who does this happen to? What's the, you know, psychological, you know, studies that have been done, all this stuff. And I realized after I had written all that stuff down, especially with something like consent and rape, the numbers are important, but you need to hear from people that have experienced yeah, this. the stories, sure. I pulled one quote that I want to read to you. Yeah, okay. Um, it was from actually a Reddit thread hmm. uh, asking about men about their experiences with rape, being raped. Okay. So the quote is, the experience of rape imprints a pain and sadness we wear for life. In my case, I can't say how it changed me because I've never known anything else. And then a little bit later, he also said, some of you may remember this story as I've posted it before under another username. I delete them from time to time and start over. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to put that out there before I start going into the, you know, cold numbers. Yeah. Well, and those, I mean, the, the, the numbers always are a human being is behind them, right? right? It doesn't matter really what, what we're talking about, whether it's sexual assault or something else. We're talking about people. Yeah. You know, the numbers don't always speak in the way that talks to your emotions that reminds you how horrible this can be. And that's why I think I, I wanted to at least include one statement from a victim of sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting off, <laughs> starting right out strong, out, right out the shoot. <laughs> You knew by the opening disclaimer what you're getting into. So that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> any any time you're like Mike, I need you to say the serious thing with your serious voice. Then <laughs> I know that we're fucked. <laughs> it's just going to be a sad, depressing episode. Um, all right. So uh, something like rape seems like something simple to research get the statistics on and then i will tell them to you but like everything that i re do research on it never turns out that way yep so i'm gonna start with the easiest you know numbers and data points and it's just gonna get messier and messier and even messier when we start talking about our own stories about the lines of rape and consent just like my sheets on a saturday just messy. messier and messier <laughs> We, I'm going to specifically be talking about male rape. Where the, the victim is a, the, is a yes, man. Yes, okay. the victim is male. Okay. Rape where female is the victim is really important topic too. As two men, I don't think we are the people to talk about that. I, I think there's discussion in other places that people can go. Yeah. So I'm hoping, so I don't want, I want to acknowledge that we are setting, we are setting it aside sounds like bad we acknowledge that it is there and that's not necessarily what we're talking about right now yeah okay the so start with the the on the easy side the basic data the cdc in 2012 said um that one in 71 which is 1.4 percent of men reported experiencing rape at some time in their lives yeah here <laughs> i'm so afraid to ask you questions let's do it no hold on hold on <laughs> kyle do you consent to me digging in deep here <laughs> i'm i'm hold on i'm not done with my wine yet this is gonna help me oh god this is going to remove my ability to consent to this question i want the creamy filling Okay. To this. Uh, yes. A ask, ask away. Confection. Okay. F fire it at me. Blast away. <laughs> Just sh shoot it. 
so how do we define rape? I think that that's super important. That's built into that statistic there is that whatever that person conceives of that word to mean, or was that defined for them? So they know if what happened to them meets the bar or not, you're making that. I'm so glad you asked because it's right here on my sheet face. Hey, Mike, yeah. I'm so glad you asked me that question. <laughs> Great. Let me tell you about the next bullet on my piece of paper. Okay. <laughs> so later in that same infographic that they have, 4.8% of men reported that they were made to penetrate someone else at some time in their lives. So at this point, I was like, hold on. <laughs> That's the noise you make when you're penetrating. <laughs> <laughs> consensually, consensually, clarification. Um, so yeah, so I was like, okay, back up. 1.4% of men reported experiencing rape. 4.8 reported being made to penetrate someone. What the fuck? That yeah. sounds pretty rapey to me. Yeah. So actually, reason it's important that you asked is the CDC in their uh, studies do not include being made to penetrate someone rape. So were they, somebody put it in their butt? CDC defines rape Generally, it has to involve insertion of some kind. Someone puts their penis in your mouth or butt. Someone sticks a foreign object into your mouth or butt. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's be, raping. Don't be turned on by this. That's not this no. not acceptable. I was trying to figure out if nose blasting would count. <laughs> it's a foreign object. <laughs> and can you can you get an STD from, like, a runny nose into someone's butthole uh i will get back to you on that you after your std <laughs> results come back yeah. <laughs> I, okay. need, I need to go get my prep renewed this month so <laughs> i'm gonna up it to a hundred percent chance we offend someone <laughs> Great. If, we're, if we're if we're allowed to do that um so being made to penetrate is not it's, it's categorized as sexual violence but not categorized as rape so that's the CDC. This is like a, a survey they do over the phone. So I looked at other sources. Oh, you have a question first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I wanted to know made to penetrate someone with their penis. Like, what if what if that's like you know somebody grabbed their fingers and and put them in a place that they didn't want to put their fingers. All right. So the next piece of information. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just already planning out that I was going to edit that question out and move. <laughs> Great. No, no. I don't. I don't know. Okay. I love it when you say that. Talk to her some more. <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, Kyle. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um what I what I have learned is that uh, when men are the victims or when it is about same uh, rape of someone of the same gender, mm -hmm. people don't have rules and definitions and information. So you know, I said we were starting easing, getting harder. Um, so like the fact that being made to penetrate isn't included in rape, that seems, that seems weird. So I looked up um, another source, which is FBI. They release uh, something called the UCR, the Uniform Crime Reporting. It's their reporting of crime, including sexual assaults. Okay. And uh, they changed the definition of rape in 2012. Before it was it had been what they wrote in like 1927 was what we still had. 
why should they get to redefine rape for everyone? <laughs> <laughs> They're ruining it for the rest of us. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's destroying family values. <laughs> God. Can I, 110% chance. <laughs> What's more than 100%? Okay. Um, before it was, quote, the carnal knowledge of a female forcibly and against her will. Okay. That's kind of weird. But like uh, one of the problems was, oh, wow, that's specific to female. So we got to remove that language to make it more broad. So when I started, I was like, oh, great. They get it. It needs to be more applicable to men. Men yeah. are included in this. Um, so after the redefinition was penetration no matter how slight of the vagina or anus with any part any body part or object or oral penetration by a sex organ of another person without the consent of the victim okay that seems that seems clearer it's a step forward but again just like the cdc it's all about penetrating like the attacker Mm -hmm penetrating the victim Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with something against their consent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So while it is a step forward in broadening the definition, it has the same problem as the CDC where a male being made to penetrate someone is not categorized as rape in their definition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was just gross to me. Like, no, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, I don't get how that is not that. Like, it's just, I think that should be obvious. Like, I don't get how there's any other interpretation of that other than a history of, oh, any dude that gets sex should love it. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I don't, men I'll just want to fuck, so they're lucky if they get it, no matter how. Like, I, I don't see any reasonable, realistic, non-super offensive, stereotypical explanation of that. Yeah. Yeah. So here's where it gets even messier. So there is no national rape law in the United States. Yeah. There's no national definition of what it means, what rape means. I mean, that makes sense to me. Oh. That's just because the federal government usually is pretty loath to make laws about specific behaviors of individual citizens. That's something that's relegated to the states. That's actually why getting involved in the marriage debate was kind of a big deal for the federal government, because that's something that traditionally has been for the states to decide so okay well maybe i'm just an idiot but i had no idea i just assumed like i'd look up the definition of rape and they were like so i'm sorry kyle i can't do that yeah i I mean i think there are a lot of things that have definitions at the federal level because they're studied like the cdc Mm. for instance if the cdc is going to go and study heroin abuse they, they need a a federal understanding of what that looks like so they can know whether to count it or not Hmm. yeah so so, uh wikipedia says that each state has its own laws uh about what rape and sexual violence means and it also said there's no national standard for defining and reporting male-to-male or female perpetrated rapes yeah so there are just big gaps in in our understanding of rape for you know the full extent of what that means and and who that affects. Yeah. So it's hard to find even information about male to male rape, which is what I was trying to look up. Um, But what I did find is a psychologist, Dr. Sarah Chrome. She invented a browser that apparently people like Um, fewer than one in 10 male to male rapes are reported. And that fewer than 
fewer than one in 10. Mm -hmm. So it, that, that makes sense to me that men do not report being raped. Um, especially cause you know, the, the everything stacked against a male reporting rape. Mm -hmm. The assumption is that men are the aggressors in that situation. It's true. Sure. Um, and the assumption is that men want it. The assumption is that you cannot get hard unless you are into it. So I can't even get hard when I'm into it. So I know <laughs> sometimes I'm like, Hey, hey buddy, we got work to do. Remember how we practiced earlier? Now's your time. You can do it. You can do it. You're important. You're valuable. And I love you. Now get to fucking <laughs> consensually. Um, in 2002, there was a UK study that said 61% of young male homosexual internet users reported meeting their first sex partner, their very first sex partner online. Yeah. Which, you know, given that was 15 years ago, it's like the majority of young gay dudes they're virgins and then they go on the internet and they meet someone to fuck them. Yeah. That's not great. I mean, isn't that just how people do it? No, no. Okay. People like, I think straight people meet in high school. Like, you know, they're oh, like, well, yeah. Okay. Like they meet in high school and college and that's when they first lose their virginity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So meeting someone on the internet, especially when you're a young adult is not a great place. And I, I think, Maybe that'll that'll lead into our discussion about uh, our own experiences. Mm -hmm. Are you saying it's time? <laughs> I think I think it's time. Well, okay. So, um, I this is makes me super nervous, but whatever. Um, Absolutely, me too. You're the only person that I've told some of these stories to, mm -hmm. and yeah, even with depression, which is the one so far that I've been the most uncomfortable putting out there. At the time we put out that episode, I had told more people than I've told about this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. well, um, so uh, I I came out in 2008, and then uh, the very next spring, so spring of 2009, which is before I met Trevor, even uh, I'd had some sexual experiences, but not very many at all, and went with my friends to Hawaii. Dan actually was one of the people that went on that trip. And uh, I was bullshitting with people online. I think it was Craigslist, which I feel really skeezy about. But I don't know. It was it was long enough ago that the options were different. Yeah. And we, didn't, we didn't have apps. We didn't have smartphones. We didn't have like, it was just there were, there were much different options for casual hookups. Yep, exactly. And uh, so... When it was time to leave, my flight was slightly later than everyone else's, but we all went to the airport together. So then I had this like four hour period to kill mm -hmm. and I had arranged to meet this guy online. And uh, he was supposed to be 30, which I was 30. Um, and he wanted to go to his place and was going to give me a ride. My little naive 
baby gay brain didn't have any red flags about all of that because I didn't really know any better. So he was going to go pick you up from the airport. He rolls up at the airport. Wait, before you talk about actually meeting him, like, so how are you feeling when you're setting up? Had you done this before on Craigslist? Depends on what you mean by this. If by this you mean having a, a, a hookup, yes. Okay. So you'd use Craigslist before yeah. for casual encounters. Yeah. And how were you feeling about this one? Did it feel just like the other ones? Did it feel different in any way? Well, it felt different because I didn't have any transportation. And uh, I was I was just not in my element. Like, mm. the, I think there's a certain amount of control that when I'm here in Seattle, I'm going to go hook up with somebody anonymous which i've done before uh but i'm always like i i'm taking my jeep mm -hmm. and i know where i'm gonna park it a block away and i'm gonna leave all my valuables in the car and like you're in your own city so you so this was different in that i was traveling and didn't have my own transportation yeah he rolls up in this convertible with the top down and uh he was 45 if he was a day um he was he was not 30 years old i remember thinking well that's disappointing he's not even nearly as attractive as the pictures that we exchanged mm -hmm. and he's here and he's not disgusting and i do have time to kill and at that time especially i was trying to push the envelope a little bit. I wanted to have more experiences. I wanted to uh, tell the part of me that's scared and nervous to shut up and mm. just fucking take it. And so I, you know, I, I definitely registered a whole bunch of anxiety about the situation that I, that I just like swallowed and said, I'm, I'm going to go through with this anyway, just so that I have the experience. Yeah. Why were you trying to push the envelope? Because um, I, I led a very sexually inhibited life, very, 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 until um, I came out, mm -hmm. and then it didn't get uninhibited very quickly. Like I dated around and I hooked up with some guys, but like I, I didn't. I just felt like I was missing out, mm. that I had a lot of experiences that I hadn't had, and that I was. I owed it to myself or something to, to force myself to have these experiences. I don't know. It's hmm. kind of weird. If I was to put myself back in, in my shoes then, knowing what I know now, I would say, this is not the dude that you thought it was going to be. This situation is sketchy. There's a million people here at the airport. Just walk away. Hmm. <laughs> the worst case scenario isn't that bad. Yeah. Um, that's a hell to the no kind of a situation. Uh, I I got in the car with him, so I got in this guy's convertible and we drove out of the airport, and we drove. I was trying to sort of keep track of where we were, but I very quickly got lost because it was these lots of side streets and and I didn't really know where we were going. And then we pull into the parking lot of this public beach, and I'm like, oh, well, this is clearly not. This is clearly not his house. There's a sign right over there that says the park closes at 10. <laughs> um, yeah, despite the palm trees, I know what a park looks like. Like, this is not his house. <laughs> and um, uh, then he 
pulled his penis out just like just like that and um kind of kind of grabbed my hand and moved it onto his penis and then uh said he wanted me to go down on him he didn't force me to but in that instant my thought was i have no idea where i am i only have a few hours to get back to the airport this guy i don't know what he's capable of i don't know what i i instantly realized basically my options were to blow this guy or life was going to be pretty complicated getting where i needed to be and mm. getting home yeah so i did i went i went down on this guy and it was really it was really horrible i was like screaming to myself in my head the whole time just just get through this get back to safety um it was really terrible what what about it don't get me wrong that all sounds horrible so i get it but i i'm i'm curious to hear what you say about what was the horrible part that was screaming in your head uh it's the feeling of i don't want this i don't want this i don't want this and yet here it is happening and i feel forced to mm. and so embarrassed just ashamed that i had been so naive mm. to let myself get into that situation like i'm a 30 year old man what the fuck am i doing getting tricked into giving a dude in hawaii a blowjob like i just at some point felt it was like my fault like getting this guy to come was my punishment like that was the only atonement like i deserved this so that's what i needed to do hmm. what happened when he did come uh let's see i i opened the car door and i spit it out and then he said let's get you back to the airport and i was like yeah okay cool i remember looking out the window and there were these um uh, flowers like on the side of the road and I kept I kept just looking at them and uh, I didn't even notice really that we'd made it back to the airport like he could have taken me somewhere and killed me at that point I just was sort of in a in a in a daze but sure enough dropped me off the airport said hasta la vista and I waited and got on my plane do you think he could tell a difference during that time do you think no it, well uh, okay my gut reaction when you asked that question was he didn't think it was a person he, he how would you to notice a difference he would have to be empathetic enough to know that i was a person that had an inside to even notice that my demeanor had changed, my behavior had changed, that I that I, I was a thing to him, and uh, so 
So it didn't matter to him. So it didn't matter. Why do you think that has stuck with you all this time? Having only been out for three or four months, I it shattered me for what to expect from men. It created this men are sex perverts. Even being a man, <laughs> I was still like, God, men suck. Men are terrible. Men take advantage of weakness. Men are aggressive. Men think with their dicks. Like, and it, it, this, this just really so far positive experience that I had of being gay and meeting people and hanging out and can like making out at bars or whatever, it all seemed so naive. And it was, I could still believe that men were awesome. Um, and this, this just negative side of maleness that I'd never experienced or encountered before just hit me square in the face. And, uh, how, how do you think that affected you then going forward and how you dated or interacted with men? I don't know. I, I think that might've been a catalyst for getting together with Trevor so quickly that like I trusted him um, immediately and that felt so much more secure than the shittiness of dudes out at the bars that, I dove in head first. Yeah. yeah. And in case people don't know, you met Trevor and then he was living with you after. Oh gosh. Like it was only like two or three months. That sucks. I'm sorry that happened to you that like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there are probably like the right words that you're supposed to say in those situations. And this is why it's like a blurry line. Cause is that technically rape? Probably. Like, I don't think he would get convicted in a court yeah. unless you said no and he forced you, uh, but he didn't. I, I certainly never said no. And, and, and that's what I feel like, you know, it gets, this is the blurriest it can be of like, you didn't want it. You know, what do you have to do to that makes it rape? Was this even rape? Should it be categorized as rape? I don't know, yeah. but that all those like the legal the surveys all those things don't it doesn't really matter when it's how when you felt that you didn't consent to something or didn't want to do something yeah and and the stuff that you're touching on i think really um compounded the awfulness of it because he didn't tie me up and throw me in his trunk and then sodomize me i felt like i didn't deserve to feel like i had been violated right that it could have been worse. I could imagine ways in which it would have been worse. Worse has happened to better people than me. Like, how, how do I handle this icky feeling that I have then? And if, if I feel like I don't even deserve it because it wasn't bad enough to does that, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah. It, it's that, that, that middle ground that even if the law or, you know, the CDC doesn't think so, that is a violating a sexual experience that, that is traumatic. Yep. Yep. So tell me something awful about you, Kyle. <laughs> okay. So I have actually very similar to you. I have a story that I can trace back, you know, early in my sexual experience. That is that like me being able to pinpoint this was a shitty traumatic event that, that, 
affected me and mm-hmm. I, and I still remember. Mm-hmm. So I like you actually did use, even in college, use Craigslist occasionally, but I also often use gay.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gay.com seemed like a precursor to things like grinder. It was a place to go and you could have, you could, you know, get into chats with people and, you know, was a place for anonymous hookups. Yep. Um, so I met this guy on, on gay.com and I had done this a couple times before or a few times before. I'm not sure. Where were you living? Uh, in Austin. Okay. Uh, when I was in school mm-hmm. and I remember being like, meh about him, but then he was like, well, Hey, do you want to come over and have a threesome? Oh. Which it's all about the math. I think like, yeah, if, if you add up the total like rating of each person and divide by the number of people, like if each person averages a seven or above, you're like, you're, you're nailing it. Nailing them. Nailing them. So uh, for me at the time, that was crazy and adventurous. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, let, let's do it. So I, I agreed. Had, had you had a threesome before? No. No. So I'd agreed to it partly just for the excitement of the situation. Yep. So I went to his place. Uh, he lived in an apartment and the door was cracked open. Okay. And the apartment was dark. Okay. Mm. So I opened the door and he was laying in bed, but it was just him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, Hey, where's the other guy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, he just left. And I, even though this was like, not kind of the situation we agreed on, I don't know if he looked like his picture. I never really got a good look at him. I never really saw him because this is in the dark the whole time. Yeah. Um, so I went along with it as if it were an, you know, regular hookup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, d- I did all the things I, w- I would do in a hookup and Um, I remember the reason that I went along with this is because I felt like it was the first time, although I hadn't had that many sexual experiences, it was the first time I felt in danger. Mm -hmm. I walked into an open door with a person that lied to me about the situation. I have not seen him. And if I don't, what is he going to do? Yeah. If I don't do this, what is going to happen to me? Yep. And I was nervous for my safety. Yep. And so he fucked me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being like bent over the bed. He was fucking me. And it was a lot like you were saying, I I wanted him to come because I wanted to get out. I, mm-hmm. I wanted it mm-hmm. to stop. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel good. It was not fun. I just, I, 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 I wanted to be out of this situation. Yeah. And I remember he said, well, I'm even a little lucky that he said this. He said, where do you want me to come at this point? I'm not sure if he has a condom on. I, I don't think he did. Um, 
So I said on my back to give an answer that was anything other than inside in my ass. Cause that, so I said on my back and he pulled out and came out, came on my back and then I left and I, I feel guilty that I went along with it. You know, it's like you're complicit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I was, I, I, I did it. Like I didn't, try to get out of this situation mm-hmm. i went along with it so it's also my fault yeah i get that feeling i mean it's not true but it the feeling makes sense i don't yeah i mean i think it is true like he could have no idea that i was feeling that that i was terrified that i was worried about my safety like if if my reaction to this situation that I felt in danger in is to go along with him, go along with this. He may have thought everything was hunky dory. Well, yeah, but no, like part, even as I say that part of me doesn't feel like, why were the lights off? Why wasn't there another person there? Why? Yeah. Like... Yeah, part, yeah. Like even when I said that, like that didn't feel right. Like it seemed like there has to be, like he has to have, felt something wasn't right but like it just it made me feel one i i don't think you know given i had gone into it thinking i i'm willing to hook up with a person that is a little less attractive for this new experience and i and and then it turned out it was me and just me and him then i felt gross like i was like a a hooker that doesn't get paid like which is the worst kind of hooker. Um, Cause at least I could have made some money. No, I felt <laughs> so, I just felt so gross um, that I would let someone that I, that I thought was not attractive, wasn't into like do that to me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like violated and it hurt and it, it just, I, yeah. So what was the, uh, what was the downstream impact of that? Like how did that change your life it didn't stop me from meeting people online Mm -hmm. um i think today when i meet people if i'm going over to their place generally it like the good thing about seattle with apartments is that usually they have to like get you into the a gate or open a door for you and that's kind of my time to like evaluate what they look like. Is this the person that I agreed to that kind of situation? I still don't, I still don't think I'm great at if I don't want something, I'm not good at just leaving. So even since then I've been in situations that someone comes over, they don't look like they said, or I changed my mind or, or they start fucking me and it doesn't feel good. And I go along with it. So mm-hmm. I, I, part of me thinks that I've kind of gotten used to that's that's a part of it and a potential consequence. It's heartbreaking. I want to know, do you think there was a third person and that they did leave or that they never existed in the first place? I don't think that person existed. Mm. I have no idea, but I don't think that person existed. I think that was his way of getting me over there. I think he could tell I, when we were talking that I was hesitant and use that to get me over there. Mm. Since then, there's a part of me that 
kind of getting fucked by a dominant guy when I didn't want to be mm-hmm. something that made me think that's who I am. Yeah. Well, that that's how I, that's what guys think of me and, and that's what I offer to people. So maybe that's what I'll be. And actually maybe and that's what you deserve. I, and I also think that's what I deserve. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty shitty when I say it out loud. Yeah. Lots of things do. <laughs> <laughs> Just you, not me. Everything I say is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> one thing. So I started with a quote about uh, a, a rape victim's experience. Mm-hmm. I want to end with a quote about a rape victim's experience. Okay. Um, This is from the book On Being Raped by Raymond M. Douglas. Um, He is a male victim of rape. And never trust a man with two first names. An M. What's that M stand for? (laughs) Raymond. (laughs) Sorry. Do we know? (laughs) We might not. Um, So uh, I saw he had interviews in, you know, the New York Times and NPR. He had a lot of interviews about this book, especially because male rape victims are not something we talk about. And and he himself, I'm using the word victim where a lot of people say survivor because he himself said survivor implies I got over it and now I'm in this new happy place. And he's like, I, but I'm not there and I probably will never get there. It's always something I have to deal with. So he himself says he is a rape victim. Yeah. Um, but uh, a quote he has is, uh, the most important thing, you're not alone. There's so many more of us out here than you think don't give up. Hmm. I think just the fact that you and I have both had these experiences that are not rape, we don't think, but blur the lines between what consent means. Might not be rape, but it's gross. It's gross. It feels shitty. It affects you. It's traumatic. There are other people out there that have gone through this. You aren't alone and you can overcome, push through, learn to live with anything that has happened to you yeah do you want to take a break can we please please take a break let's take a break let's take a break let's take a break yeah of course are we back no shit (laughs) are we back yes we're back we're back (laughs) before we move on okay um i really like this web series called fuck yes um it's on youtube and the idea is consent does not have to be a like legal document it does not have to be hello can i place myself inside of you yes did you say yes please confirm your (laughs) previous statement like do you want to bang check one yes or no (laughs) yes or no (laughs) um it can actually be fun and hot and interesting and exciting and part of the foreplay. So that that in the entire premise is let's do what is boring sex education. Like let's learn about some of those things in a hot way that's more realistic. Yeah. So I, I recommend you check out that web series. Uh, fuck yes. You know, rom-coms YouTube. and porn are bullshit. 
that's not how it works. So if the expectation is that you're just like totally into each other and rip each other's clothes off and bang and it's fine, that doesn't really happen in real life. Right. Let's do gay sincerest. I know, but first. But first. Uh, our website is gayishpodcast.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and the Google Play Store. You can find us on Twitter at at gayishpodcast. Our Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash gayishpodcast. And we want to hear from you. Email us at gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And now you can text us or leave us a voicemail. Our hotline is 5855-GAYISH, which is 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. I'm always curious about like when we talk about things that we're both like, yeah, yeah. Like these experiences we just talked about, like, I don't know, are we the only dudes that have had these things and it's just coincidence that we both had them or do other people have them too? So also like, let us know if you've also had a, an experience like this. And, and if you want us to leave your name out, you can let us know and, and we won't. And, and it doesn't have to be dudes like men or women. If, if you sure. have, a, you know, stories to tell that, our stories resonate with you and, and you would like to share we we would absolutely love to hear from you and uh, we're always looking for guests so we we might even uh, have you on yeah um so this is the last time i'll tell you about it so fucking do it bitches you are amazing just for the person you are in, inside and out nope don't listen to kyle he can't save you now this is my house. Oh. These are my rules. Podcast daddy. <laughs> Fucking vote for us or I will track you down. And spit in my face? No. Ah, oh, damn. Podcast daddy without the benefits. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I will spit on your dog. <gasps> We're not sure if he's into that or not. So maybe... He humps everything. Why did your dog hump everything? Talk about consent. <laughs> I think I think dogs just get to fuck whatever. I don't think they live by the same moral standards that we do. My dog doesn't do that. All right. So last time I'm telling you, so I'm 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 just I'm I, I'm hoping that you, that you do this. Hey, listen up. Turn your air conditioner down. Roll your windows up and fucking listen. <laughs> I assume people listen to us in the car. We are nominated for a podcast award. Uh, podcastawards.com. It's spelled uh, podcast. Like, it's spelled <laughs> podcast and then awards and then a period and then C-O-M. And we would love your support. There are uh, many other people competing. So we really actually do need people to vote if we want to move on to the next round. Um, so it would help us a lot. If you wouldn't mind going there, you get a free podcast from us about many inspirational depressing and <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> topics so um if you go there uh nominations are open that's the big blue button at top you click it uh in the lgbtq category uh gayish is one of them select them you can but don't have to vote for other uh categories um and and if you if you do that if you vote for us I will personally nose blast you. If you don't vote for us, I will personally nose blast you. <laughs> Consider your options, folks. Either way, you're taking a nose. Um, 
So, so we, uh, we really appreciate everyone that listens and, and supports us. So uh, let's do gayest and straightest. Let's do gayest and straightest. I'll go first. I, I consent. Great. <laughs> what everyone doesn't know is that when you go first, then when I go, you leave. Like you're not in the room anymore because you're like, well, I'm done with this Fucking shit. Great. I'm out. out. <laughs> uh, uh, so my, my straightest thing this week isn't really that much to write home about, but it definitely happened and I had the thought. Uh, I It was, uh, what, Sunday before Game of Thrones? <laughs> I love Game of Thrones so much. I love Game of Thrones so much. I can't fucking handle it. I can't stand myself. You have to watch it, Kyle. I did. I watched the first episode once and it was fine. You stressed me out. Okay. Uh, but uh, I was hungover. I woke up and on Sunday I came out here and I laid on the couch in my boxers and played video games for three hours straight. And it was just so straight. I also, <laughs> I also, um, that same session, uh, ate an entire pan of rice aroni by myself <laughs> and, and a half a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> nutrition. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder why I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Um, and that, video games. I don't know why, but they're just so straight. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to do a video game episode, right? Yeah, like you just like let me pull out my gun and murder some shit. Well, those aren't my games, though. I don't play games like that. That's a lie. You uh, do. I mean, I do. I do. I do. I do. Which game but, did you play? Uh, Civilization Revolution. It's so a you were, so it's a war game. It's a strategy game. It's just it's not a first person shooter like the broy bros that are just like fucking shitbag asshole dick faces about things. Oh, they but, can email me yeah. at my personal email <laughs> at Kyle Kyle un- underscore it. bro bros for me at 69.com Kyle dash bro job at 69 straight guys.com um uh yeah that's enough of that one uh the gayest thing about me this week actually happened last night I was over at the neighbors having dinner and um I've reached this point of gayness where <laughs> it's perfectly acceptable for people who listen to the podcast to say in mixed company I might add hey Mike are black dicks really bigger? <laughs> That's the, acceptable because they know you talk about all the shit that you talk about <laughs> on the podcast. So like it's fair game. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a trusted source of penis information, which <laughs> I'm fine with that. You, uh, to be fair, you have a wealth of penis information. Oh my God. My dick dar is crazy. You are so good at this. I know. <laughs> I don't, you magically find the largest just, of yep, the dicks. Yep. yep. Like the, I'm like a dick Sherpa. It's like Jon Snow just on a quest for the biggest dick. Dr. Livingston, I presume you're hung like a rhino. I Did I make a good Game of Thrones reference? Was that... Jon Snow. You said Jon Snow. He's That's a, he's a character. All right. He's That's... so hot. I don't think so. Anyway, she asked, are, are, are black dicks really bigger? And and my answer was, well, I've never seen one that was below average, which is true, but it might be my dick dar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've never seen any dick that's below average. No, that's, that's not only... true. No, I know. That's not true. Uh, yeah. The smallest ones I've seen have been white. I hooked up with a black porn star once. Super fucking hot. His dick was like 
slightly below average. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It was great. I would do it again and again and again, but it was just like the expectation that I had, the stereotype that I had. You're black and a porn star. This is going to be like an arm. This is going to be <laughs> something so big that I have to have two butts to fit it in. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't the case. So that was, that was interesting. So that's my gayest and shaders. Uh, what, what's yours this week? Uh, my gayest thing is <laughs> I realized I think that, you know, st- straight people are always getting caught looking at chicks boobs. Like that's kind of like a, you know, eyes up here type of thing. And <laughs> I think it was Carly that like flashed me or pulled down her shirt or did she something. loves making you uncomfortable with her breasts. <laughs> that's so true and (laughs) she's told me before like wow i did that thing to you and you didn't even look like so (laughs) so my gayest thing is i realized my version of that is dude's arms like i when i am sitting across the table from a dude with nice big arms like my eyes flutter down i try to like subtly do it but i'm sure i'm horrible at doing it that's my version of look at checking out the boobs. Yep. 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 Um, my straightest thing in improv, in my scenes, most often, if I am inventing a character, they are straight. Like I will so often mm. just, you have to think of something. You have to say it quick. And I talk about my girlfriend or I try to date the girl that is on stage with me. Or like I am on stage with a dude and I'm like, talking about the chicks like there's just for some reason when i'm in the realm of improv and just have to say the first thing on my mind i I end up straight and i don't understand it and i don't like it have you heard of internalized homophobia yeah that is when i get fucked by milo yapanopoulos (laughs) (laughs) yes you're right (laughs) textbook definition (laughs) is that his name how do you pronounce his last name yanopoulos it's when I get fucked by Milo Yiannopoulos. Somebody needs to. That that guy. It's very internal. <laughs> um, you know, but what were you going to say? What was your point about that? I Did I have a point? Oh, Random. I was saying I know why. You're like, for some reason, oh, I don't know. Oh, I like, well, I know. I know. Oh, I know why. Because okay. way why? down deep inside, not your butthole, but like your soul, you think that you should be straight. I, and so you project that out. I have, and... I do think I have so much of my life has been pretending to be straight and thinking that being straight would be better and being gay is bad and hiding all the gay things that it kind of makes sense to me that I'm still, in spite of being out for over 10 years, that my, ins- that, you know, what I learned during in the, the important years of my life was to immediately respond with something straight to try to pretend like I don't like things that could seem gay. So I guess it does make sense that in a scene, an improv scene where I have to make up something that just comes immediately to my mind. You're that good at de-gaying yourself. It's instinctual. I really do think that I've trained myself so well that it'd be hard to untrain myself from having those automatic reactions. So, Hey, way to take that part that's supposed to be interesting and funny and make it super depressing. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. This has been Gayish. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. 
See you next week. See you next week. Bye. If you consent. <laughs> <laughs>